Hey, 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 good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome back to yet another episode of the AIP podcast. As usual, it's your host, Anne Ching of Supercharged Lab, on behalf of the AIP, uh, the AI Partnerships Corporation. I want to give a really, really warm welcome to the new and returning listeners. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Today, Guess what? We have the amazing Gary Serenverta with us. He is the CEO and founder of Daisy Intelligence. And Daisy Intelligence is a disruptive AI-based SaaS company that delivers business optimization services to unlock insights from transactional data to help retail and insurance customers achieve better bottom line results. Daisy Intelligence specializes in improving promotional effectiveness, product planning, site selection, customer loyalty, core merchandising operations, and even fraud detection. So let's jump right into it. A huge warm welcome to you, Gary. It's our pleasure to have you here today. Great. Glad to be on the podcast today. Absolutely. Well, Gary, let's let's talk a little bit about your background. How did you get started with Daisy Intelligence? Well, I'm an aerospace engineer by education. I have a graduate degree in that from the University of Toronto. And uh when I graduated, uh, you know, there's not much of an aerospace industry in Canada. So, uh, um, and I didn't want to move to go pursue that career. So I found this accidental opportunity working for big corporations to bring more math and science to decision-making, you know, coming from the engineering world and the aerospace world, I was shocked at how little math and science was used in big companies. And so I've created, created this accidental career for myself and, uh, I've been doing this now for close to 30 years. Wow, that's amazing. So how does uh, Daisy Intelligence help businesses to make better decisions? And to put it into context, a lot of senior leaders today will boil it down to experience or even the understanding of human connectivity that really drives the best outcomes. Do you really disagree? Yeah, I think it's 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 data driven. I think there's certain business decisions that are really beyond human ability. So, in ex- for example, in retail, if uh, you're a retailer with 100,000 products, which would be a typical hypermarket retailer, um, you, you know, there's 100,000 squared patterns or interactions between products because customers don't buy items, they buy solutions. And solutions contain multiple products. So for ex- a typical grocery example that I always use, a customer who buys ground beef to make a pasta dinner may buy pasta, tomato sauce, bread, cheese, wine, salad fixings. The use case for ground beef requires other products to be purchased. And so those halo relationships uh, become almost infinite. And so it's uh, you have billions of those combinations and product relationships. And to optimize that, to choose the optimal combination of products uh, to promote um, is really beyond human ability. And that's where the technology comes in, helping decide what should you promote and what do you not promote? Because if uh, you promote a turkey and the consumer buys all the, all the Thanksgiving dinner fixings, you don't need to promote all the fixings. The consumer will buy those. It's unlikely that they will come and just cherry pick a turkey. So it's what to promote and what not to promote. Are the is, is the key key decision and that's what the technology can do and because the combinations are almost infinite it's bit it's uh, it's it, it requires technology to help the help the business certainly and you mentioned uh during our pre-call co- uh, conference that you know you talked a little bit about ai powered decisions for merchandise planning and risk management you also mentioned that 
your decisions as a service solution works across all industry. So tell us a little bit more about how autonomous your solution is, especially in this very extraordinarily tedious function of data labeling and data ingestion from, you know, um, disparate sources, which can even include things like, you know, pieces of paper, you know, CD-ROMs in, in, in a bunch of uh, drawers. How do you deal with this? Yeah, I mean, we use the, the you know electronic data and it's really, if you're optimizing transactions and trying to inc- improve transaction processing, then it's information about transactions that's most useful. And so we, we don't use, you know, when most people say AI, it's really predictive modeling, statistical analysis, human-led, human being, handcrafting models using sophisticated algorithms. Our technology is more, uh, it's based on reinforcement learning or more what the engineering community has been doing for 50 years in aerospace, you know, so the, um, and so we deliver the decision. There's no human in the loop. To be AI, it should really be autonomous with no human in the loop. Uh, if there's a human being building models, it's really, it's really human-led analysis. And so the idea of artificial intelligence is that it's completely autonomous um, and uh, we don't have machine learning uh, data scientists who are handcrafting models. We've invented a mathematical theory of business that the system can simulate the future. If I was to give you a couple of analogies, what our tech is like, um, a modern fighter jet is not actually flown by the pilot. He or she puts the objective into the plane's computer by pulling on the joystick, rudder pedals, throttle, and then the computer translates that into flight surface adjustments. So they adjust the flight surfaces a thousand times a second, which is beyond human ability. So the human sets the objective and the computer takes care of the gory details. Um, A second analogy would be that of a race car. If you were to build an autonomous race car, you wouldn't teach it to drive by building a physical car with an empty brain, putting it on the racetrack and say, learn to drive. You would crash a million cars. So how do you train a, a race car's brain? You build a simulation of the world. And so in the case of a race car, you have the laws of physics. There's no historical data that's labeled data that you'd say, this is a good millisecond, bad millisecond, You're building a predictive model how to drive a car. That's not how it's done. You would simulate the world. The historical data would configure the simulation. So you have the laws of gra- you have the gravity, friction of the rubber on the road, air density. And then the computer would say, what's the optimal sequence of steering, brake, and gas pedal inputs that generate the fastest lap time? And so that's a second analogy. So for us, a year of business is like a lap around a racetrack. And it's the optimal sequence of decisions that you make to control profitability. And so in retail, it's the weekly sequence of what do I promote? What do I not promote? What do I charge? What prices do I charge? How much inventory do I allocate? In insurance, it's the weekly sequence of what uh, underwriting decisions. So what premiums do I charge for my policies? Should I pay this claim or not? Adjudication, is this claim fraudulent or not? So it's that sequence of decisions that our system does autonomously with no human in the loop. And that's what we call explainable decisions as a service. And so, you know, that making those decisions is what impacts company profitability. And that's for us, the definition of AI. And this is what's known as reinforcement learning or optimal control. And so our technology is very similar to autonomous cars or drones in that there's no human in the loop and it's a system that's making all the decisions and then the key thing for our clients is that you have to be ex- explain why the decision is being made. Why am I promoting a particular product or why is this claim deemed to be fraudulent? So it has to come with an explanation. 
And so our system will provide an explanation for the human being that does want to have a look and feel uh, that they trust the system because building trust is the most important thing with when human beings are involved, that they will not just turn over corporate decision-making to a technology platform without understanding what it does. So explainability is critical. And that's a big part of what our system also does. It says, this is why we promoted the product. This is why this was the price. This is why we should auto pay that claim. This is why you shouldn't pay that claim. And then once the human beings build the trust, then they can release some of this automation and let it happen on its own. Sure. That sounds amazing. And you also mentioned something very interesting during our pre-call conference. You said you participated in risk sharing in uh, through your business model. Have you had a lot of upside benefit in this risk sharing model? And have you ever shared in the downside risk as well? I mean, if you make better decisions, you, you will have better outcomes. So in retail, if I promote a better set of products and I have a better set of prices and I have a more accurate inventory available in every store, there will be value created. So every single client who we've worked with who has acted on the output of our system, we have created incremental profitability. And so we believe in our technology so much that we're willing to do risk sharing. It's many of our clients take us up on that offer because it's a lot, it aligns our interests as a technology company. We're not just selling our technology and then you figure it out. We're aligned in the success of our clients. And so uh, we have never had downside risk. Uh, it's always been positive because the, it's a simple truism, better information, better decisions, equals better outcomes. And uh, we see that in every single industry. And so so uh, many clients uh, want to share the risk because of that alignment of interest. Some clients just say, no, we're happy to pay your fees. We want to get all the benefits and uh, we're okay with that model too. But uh, yeah, it always works because good information equals better outcomes. That's, that's really a fundamental truth. That's great. You talked about working in retail. So how do you help offline retailers who deal with many human aspects to drive outcomes in a world where, you know, e-commerce players like Shopify and Amazon are now, you know, becoming more competitive than ever, especially post-pandemic? Yeah, we work with bricks and mortar retailers, with uh, e-commerce or omni-channel retailers, because the same truths I'm hold is consumers buy solutions. You know, whether they're buying the solution online, the same product use, you know, if a customer is buying a box of Cheerios in the store or online, they will buy the same products with it because to eat Cheerios, most people buy milk. So they'll buy milk and Cheerios together. Maybe they'll buy some fruit to put in, you know, so that pattern, the customer usage pattern is independent of how they purchase the product. So those same opportunities exist to maximize on those use cases regardless of the channel. So um, I think by helping bricks and mortar retailers be more profitable, that helps them compete against the online retailers or in the omni-channel world. Now that e-commerce has grown, we know that e-commerce for bricks and mortar companies is less a less profitable channel. So anything to create increased profitability will help them uh, continue to grow and thrive. And so it's important Making smart decisions creates better profits. Smart companies don't bank the profits. They reinvest in innovation and they reinvest in price. So our ultimate goal is to see consumers get the lowest prices possible and allow their stores that they shop at, whether online or bricks and mortar, to be more competitive. Um, even insurance, it's all about being price competitive is one of the key drivers of success for most companies. So. This type of technology allows companies to be efficient and offer the best prices to the market. 
Absolutely. Well, uh, that's just about winding up for the rest of the show. So maybe we can just uh, share with our listeners how we can get to contact you, Gary. Yeah, you can come to our website at uh, www.daisyintelligence.com. You can also look me up on LinkedIn. I'm more than happy to connect and respond to you there. My LinkedIn name is Gary Serenverta, so I'm the only one of the only Serenvertas in the world, so you should have no problem finding me. Uh, and you can see my name on our website as well. So feel free to reach out, happy to connect. And, uh, and I love talking about uh, technology. And if we can help your business, that would be even better. But uh, feel free to reach out. Absolutely. Well, Gary, thanks so much. What a thrill to have spent some time with you today. Once again, thank you for your time, Gary. And to all our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. This is Anne from Supercharged Lab. Once again, on behalf of the AIP podcast, signing off. Thank you. It's great to be part of the show today.